When a festival gets announced, I know within seconds whether I want to go. It's the same as hearing a track for the first time. I know if I'm going to like that track within hearing four bars. In 2017, I received a press release. The headline was Craig Richards teams up with Gotwood for Houghton Festival. As soon as I read that subject title, I was in. I remember the leading press image was this drone shot of a sculpture within the grounds of Houghton Hall. And then I saw this magical photo of a lake. Take my money, Craig. I'll see you in August. In today's podcast, I'm going to answer the question, what makes a festival great? In true socially sound fashion, obviously, I am going to provide you with examples of why my favourite festivals work and why they're great. It's what I do. So let's start with the people that run the festival. Craig Richards is one of my favourite all-time DJs. Having attended a lot of events at Fabric over the years, I very rarely attended an event where Craig has not been on the lineup. His sets playing alongside and before my favourite all-time artists for Carla Villalobos are legendary to me. I wouldn't be doing this without those two. And then there's Gotwood. Having attended a few of the early Gotwood festivals over the years, I knew straight away that this festival was going to be well run. It's going to feel intimate. The stage designs will be creative. The sound will be good. The lineup will feature a lot of unsung heroes who are better suited to smaller festivals than headline DJs. Essentially, for me, Houghton was everything I was looking for. It was everything the British festival market in 2017 lacked. I knew Houghton was going to be good before I even attended. And this brings me back to my point about the people who run the festival. If Jamie Jones and Paradise announce a new open air event tomorrow, you instantly know what it would look like. You would know the artist and the sound that would be played. You have 100% trust in that event. It's the same with El Row or Circle Loco. That's why Fire Festival turned out the way it did. The people that run that festival did not have a clue how to run it. To be fair to them, they did a pretty good job of the marketing, only to be destroyed later by a cheese sandwich in a takeaway box. But I'll talk about the food later on in the podcast. So what else makes a festival great? For me, the location is everything. I need to visualise myself at a festival. As soon as Algebra announced Junction 2 for the first time and I saw that bridge, I was immediately interested. I don't know about you, but I can imagine a rave as soon as I see a location. As music fans, I think we want to see certain artists and certain genres in certain places. How many parties and after parties have you attended and heard the sentence, can you imagine artist X playing an X location? As a music fan, I don't want to see Richie Horton play the pyramid stage at Glastonbury. I want to see him play under a motorway bridge, while the real world continues above my head. Or in a warehouse that someone transforms into a club in paradise that makes me feel like I'm in an alien spaceship. Certain sounds, stages and locations just work, but some locations are built for you as a promoter, whereas some of them you have to build. A great festival has iconic stages. If I asked you to describe the pyramid stage at Glastonbury to a stranger, you could, right? Even if you've never been to Glastonbury. You would describe the pointy structure of the stage, the pyramid, the flags on the dance floor. What makes a great festival is all the details within the stages. I remember every detail about Block 9 at Glastonbury, but I don't remember everything about some of the other stages. That's what makes Block 9 special, even in a special place like Glastonbury. In a recent podcast, Josh Baker and Kurt Hurst, the founders of Hide and Seek, talked about how they created the festival. What stood out to me was Kurt talking about the design of the contour stage. The name comes from a contour tree. The Hide and Seek Festival logo has contour lines around the text. That's why this stage is called the contour stage. But both of these details about the festival are inspired by the location. 
The contour stage is carefully positioned during the space at the festival. If you stand at the right point to the left hand side of the stage, you can see a hall behind the stage. The structure of the stage also makes it feel intimate. If you dance closer to the front with the structure above you, it will feel like the only stage at the festival. Whereas the festival has multiple stages taking place at the same time. A great stage makes you forget about all the other stages. For me, if you combine the right location with the right people, magic can happen. A great festival is all about bringing someone's vision to life. Incredible sound. For a festival to be great, you need incredible sound. And this loops perfectly into my next point. A festival is lots of mini festivals happening at the same time. For a festival to be great, you need incredible sound in all of these places. Every year, people attend Sunwage for Stage 4. For that reason, the stage probably needs to be bigger than it is. But every year, Stage 4 is the same size. Now there's a reason for that. When I first went to Sunwaves, a friend asked me what makes Stage 4 so special. My answer was the little details in the sound system. The structure of the tent is designed to the centimetre. It is the sound of the stages that stood out to me at Glastonbury. Everything is so close together, but the crowd was instead incredible on every stage. Sunwave sound systems are the best I've ever heard at a smallish festival. The sound at the other stage during Glastonbury was different gravy. The Chemical Brothers live performance is the best live performance I've ever experienced at a festival. The sound played a huge part in that. It gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. Now let's talk about the overall experience of a festival. Let's just think about where festivals like Houghton, Glastonbury and Sunwaves take place. The overall experience of these festivals comes with things that the festival knows about the location. When you buy a ticket, you don't think about what will happen naturally at the festival. The sunset before the Chemical Brothers set that I just talked about was magical. The sunrise at stage 4 on Sunwaves when the sun creeps into those curved edges of the stage is a special experience. Now the people that own Sunwaves is a business called Sunrise, so of course their flagship festival needs a location where there's a sunrise. It's in their DNA as a business. If stage 4 was flipped the other way round on the beach, it would not be stage 4. One of the other things that made Glastonbury so special was the other stage and how the artist got to play out looking at the sunset at a certain time once a day. Now that influences how an artist plays and what music they play at a certain time. You get to experience that with them on the dance floor. Flip the stage around and that doesn't happen. All of these elements contribute to a great experience at a festival. Now the branding is something that I know a lot about. And the overall experience of a festival starts online. You may not think this, but a great festival needs a great website. A website that helps you clearly explain how to get to the festival, whether you need to buy a parking ticket. For me, first impressions are everything. When I say branding for a festival, you might think of the flyer, right? But a great flyer does not make a great festival. A poor design flyer, however, can be the reason why you might not even click on their website or Google the festival. That's the difference between a great festival and a great flyer. First impressions count. The branding at the festival is also really important. If the overall experience at a festival is not good online, you can guarantee that the experience at the festival will not be great either. Good branding at a festival is clear signage. You know that moment when you park your car at a festival and you carry all of your belongings with your friends to the festival entrance? That's the most stressful part of the festival. 
Now imagine you walk the wrong way and you walk well, the wrong way for 10 minutes and you're just trying to get to the entrance of the festival, but you end up at the VIP camp entrance. Fuck that. Programming. Now if you're still with me at this point in the podcast, thanks for being with me. Hi. So let me ask you a question. Does a great festival need a great lineup? Or does a great festival need great programming? Now that's two questions, but let's investigate those questions. Here's an underrated thing about a great festival. They don't stop. A day event can finish at 10.30pm and feel like it's only just getting started before you have to leave. Now that's what I would call a fun day out. A great festival requires 24 hours across multiple days. You need a special location and a license for that to happen. But luckily, Glastonbury, Houghton and Sunwaves have this kind of license. The thing that stood out to me about Houghton in its first year in 2017 was its programming. Now you can imagine Craig Richards must have spent a long time on the programming of a festival. To me, a great booker knows you better than you know yourself. They know if you like this artist, then you will like this artist. Great programming for a festival is about knowing your audience. Great bookers will create a map for you without you even realising it through set times. That's why for me, great programming is more important than a great lineup. Now, I don't want to see Richie Horton play at 10am, right? Who does? Unless the event has been running for 14 hours from 9pm the night before. Now, that's what I loved about Time Warp. That's what made me book a plane ticket and why I convinced my friend who was drunk at the time it was a great idea he booked his flight too. I've seen a lot of Richie Horton sets over the years and a lot of people have told me you've not seen Richie Horton play until you've seen him close Time Warp. Now I went earlier this year in April and they were right and it was worth every second. Now I said I was going to talk about food earlier on in this podcast. A great festival needs great food. Like... If a festival is running for three days and you haven't eaten a good meal in those three days, it's not a great festival and it's not a great overall experience. One of the best pizzas I've ever had in my life was 48 hours into Houghton Festival. And like one of the filthiest breakfast sandwiches I've ever had was at a festival. I still remember it now. And even though Sunwaves is this elite festival for the sesh, the food at Sunwaves was elite. And I still remember it now. For a great festival, you need great food. Now, I should have about talked about this point at the very beginning of the festival, right? Music at the festival is kind of the cherry on top of the cake. It's the experience that you get when you come out of it that matters more than the music. You might talk about a DJ set, but the overall experience is if you sort of a poor DJ set, it doesn't ruin your experience because a great festival should offer you more that if you see a poor DJ set, you should be immediately able to leave that set and have the choice of going to three or four other stages where you can listen to something different. Now, a great festival should not just be about one stage or one headliner. It should be about a lot of artists that give you an overall great experience. Like all of the great DJ sets that I've seen at festivals have been in special environments, in the woods, places like that. All of the above of what I've just talked about in this podcast is what creates a special environment for an artist to play in. If you don't have that, then the music might be great, but the overall experience might not be great. A great festival needs great music, but for a music to feel great at a festival, you need everything else in place for it to shine. Now, if you've listened to this whole podcast, I appreciate you. 
and I will be doing more things like this. And don't forget, you can subscribe to the blueprint on the Sochi Sound website. And I will see you next week.